Well, greetings, everyone. I'm Marcus Grodi, the host for this program, and my co-host is my oldest son, John Mark. And we're working through the treatise by St. Cyprian on the Lord's Prayer. And uh, he was a bishop and a martyr, and the reason that we began this project is because it popped up in the Liturgy of the Hours a couple weeks ago, and we were both very impressed by what Cyprian was trying to explain. And uh, John Mark, before we jump into it, let me just read again a little bit of that opening by St. Cyprian, because this yeah, is from it's from his discussion on, on uh, uh, thy will be done from the Lord's Prayer. And Cyprian says, we pray not that God should do his will, but that we may carry out his will, that God's will be done in us. So if his will is to be done in us, we have need of his will, that is his help and protection. No one can be strong by his own strength or secure, save by God's mercy and forgiveness. So Cyprian then gives a long list of qualities or virtues that, which he together says, uh, is what it means to wish to be a co-heir with Christ, to keep God's command. This is what it means to do the will of the Father. All Christ did, all that he taught, was the will of God. So Cyprian gives this list, and that's why John Mark and I thought, well, we'll, we'll kind of examine these from a scriptural yeah. standpoint, particularly. We've looked at humility and unwavering faith, and last week we looked at the moral sense of modesty in conversation. This week, we're pulling together the next two phrases that Cyprian uh, listed, and 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 they go together, but they don't. There's a mystery here, and these are justice in acts and mercy indeed. Um, Dr. Kenneth Howell's translation of this is justice in actions and mercy in good works. And uh, admittedly, I mentioned to John Mark before the program that in my pre preparation for this, it, it seemed like I was digging myself this huge hole because this topic of justice and mercy and how they fit together, whether you're looking at it in the huge scale worldwide government law, the legal systems, the church law, all those things, or whether you're looking at it from the standpoint of a father with sons, or, you know, it, it's, it's a big issue. And I'll say that within my 40 plus years of ministry, I've known, encountered so many different opinions on justice and mercy that the, the more I looked at it, the more it was like, how are we going to cover this in a little bit of time? And, you know, again, the context that we said last week was two things. Number one, we're not just looking at justice in acts and mercy indeed in the complete wider context, philosophically, theologically, but we're looking at it and how is it important to know and discern and to carry out God's will in our life? How is it important that we practice these virtues? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and actually, you know, just as you were reintroducing uh, the passage from Cyprian, it, it, it occurred to me that just, just like you're saying here, again, that first line you read, we pray not that God should do his will, but that we may carry out his will. 
And that, uh, maybe if you've been listening to some of the recent episodes, we've repeated that line from Cyprian a number of times. It may strike our ears as odd a little bit. We pray not that God should do his will. The reason that's not odd is because God's will will be done. <laughs> you can't mess up his will. Like in the end, what his plan will be carried out. And if that plan involves, you know, you uh, spending eternity with him, then so be it. If that plan involves him giving what you, ch- you, you what you choose and that's not heaven, then that's part of the plan too. There's a mystery here in that God's will will be done. And so the nuance he's making is that in some sense, praying for him to do his will. Well, no, he's going to do his will. His will's going to be done. What we pray for is that I participate in that. Lord, I want your will to be done in me. I want to do the things you've set me toward. I want to be, I want to cooperate with that plan. I want to be part of that plan. Um, so right there we have a, I think we have a, 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 a as you said, a, a, we have a, a specifying of what we're talking about here in terms of justice and mercy. It's not, as you said, we're, we can get ourselves, you know, strung out thinking about what's justice in the world or out there and the governments and all the things going on. But the question here is, what is the justice and mercy that I'm to do? How are those virtues to be manifest in my life? Yeah, yeah. And especially when we think of ourselves as imitating God, God's justice and his mercy. And you could, if you have a digital concordance and you look through the entire scriptures and just look up the word justice, it's in there a bazillion times. So is the word mercy, bazillion times. And you could actually describe all of salvation history through justice and how it was carried out, God with his people, and how God showed his mercy to Israel when they deserved something else so often. Same thing when in our life, and we could show lots of scriptures and that. But I thought I'd, I'd pose the first question to you, John Mark. Again, the big picture of justice and mercy in all the scriptures we could pull together, yet if we pull it down in, the truth is that we kind of all know what justice and mercy means. So is it really necessary for us to, to grab 15 verses to describe what does justice and mercy mean? Yeah, the, I, the answer is, I think, yes and no, both and, as, as it often is. On the one hand, as you, and this, you pointed this out when we were chatting before the show, that we have an instinctive uh, sense of what justice and mercy are. Uh, even small children do. I mean, the first time the four-year-old begins to say, that's not fair, you know, that's mine, you know, they have a sense that there's a rightness to things and the relationships between people and property and stuff that there's a, there's a rightness. There are right relations. Uh, and they have an instinct for that. They also have an instinct um, that when, uh, when they've, when they've done something wrong and we talk to them sternly, but that, but we have mercy, there's something right about mercy too, but that mercy depends on justice. So a lot of what's in justice and mercy is there instinctively, but we also know that we're all sinners and the world's a messy place. And so that's where we, you know, we do need to go to, to, you know, the tradition of the church and to the great scriptures we have to, especially a lot of what goes on in the New Testament where our Lord himself is, is teasing some of the, these concepts out and clarifying where maybe we, we can tell ourselves we're being just and merciful, um, but maybe we're not. And that, that's why we dig into this to clarify, you know, I might think myself a pretty just and merciful person, but what's the reality? Yeah, the only way, it seems to me, that a person can truly appreciate mercy is because they know in their gut what is just. Mm. 
Totally. Does that yeah. make sense? You know, totally. if, yeah. if I've experienced what I know to be mercy, it's because I know yeah. what I justly deserved. And, yeah. you know, I think about that. I'll read real quickly. We got too many scriptures here for our time, but this one jumped yeah. in. It's not even on our list, John Mark, but it comes from Psalm 103, which is a powerful psalm, but he says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, He will, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor requite us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is a steadfast love towards those who fear him. Mm-hmm. That last phrase is essential because through our fear of God, we know what we justly deserve. We know what sin is and how bad it is. We know what we deserve, and therefore we can appreciate his love and steadfast mercy. Right. Totally. There is, exactly as you said, there is no mercy without justice. There is no forgiveness uh, without justice, because in injustice we recognize what justice is about. I mean, there's a number of points we made here, but justice is about reality, and sin is a reality, as you said again, as it said in the verse. God knows our sin, and the person who is contrite, the person who fears God, they know their sin. They're not trying to hide from that. They're not trying to explain it away. They're not trying to. They're they're acknowledging their sin, and that person to that person, God will grant mercy. He'll grant forgiveness. But if you deny your sin, you can't be forgiven. If you refuse to, if you refuse to say, you know, I'm a sinner, I need help. God's not going to force that on you. So, you know, in the modern world, we want to have the mercy. We want to have the forgiveness. We want to have tolerance. We want to have all those things. Those lose all their meaning and content, except to the degree that we acknowledge, you know, bad things happen. People do terrible things. People are sinners. And because we're all sinners, we're all terrible we should be merciful to one another. And that's obviously a lot of yeah. these verses dig into that that relationship. Let's look at a few of these. Boy, my mind yeah. goes off on other examples. I'm going to yeah. reel that in. Because just a first simple verse, I looked at, I mean, the fact that we, we, we kind of know what justice and mercy is, but if we really think about it, we, we live in a world where there are so many different opinions on justice yeah. and, and, and whether you should show mercy or not. When it comes to the issue of capital punishment, I mean, there's there's all kinds of issues there. So, one verse, Psalm 119, 156, just a simple verse. It's one of the few times in the Bible where mercy and justice are together in the same verse. The psalmist writes, Great is thy mercy, O Lord, give me life according to thy justice. Or you could say, Great is thy justice, O Lord, give me life according to thy mercy. You know, I'm saying there's a mystery here on how justice and mercy fit together in this this God that we have. It should it should drive us to our knees that this God, who we know because we are sinful, we know we what we deserve, and yet He sent His Son. While we were yet sinners, Christ came. He died for us. Justice and mercy. And so we'll try and look a little bit at this very deep topic. Why don't you take the next section of verses, John Mark? Sure. Yeah, the, ne- the next one we had here was Proverbs 21, verses 2 and 3. 
Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. So, I mean, two things that jumped out to me here, and one, the first one is what connects it to the, the verse you just read from Psalms. In, the, in that, ver, in that uh, passage from the Psalms, give me life according to thy justice. And that to me connects with the first part of this line from Proverbs, every way of man is right in his own eyes. You know, we want life according to justice, God's justice. You know, an important aspect of justice is that it's about truth. It's about the way things actually are. It's not my feelings. It's not justice, you know, in the ways that I want. It's no, it's me trying to set myself aside and say, no, 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 what's the reality here? Hmm. Who is God? Who am I? Who is my neighbor? And what are the right relations between those those parties? I want to, I want to apply. I don't want to try to mold reality to fit me. I want to train, change, and break myself to can be conformed to reality. So I want to learn justice from God. You know, from Scripture, from the Church, from the tradition. I want to know. No, who is God? What do I owe Him? What is right and wrong? What are these relations of justice? And I want to do those things. That was, I mean, that was just the, the first quick thing. And then the, the second one was uh, just that then the, this specification, but the Lord weighs the heart to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. It's also important here that, again, it, it pulls it inward. It says it's not just justice in some theoretical objective sense out there. I feel like that's the sort of justice that the modern world focuses on a lot. It's they, we get on Facebook and we worry about issues out there. But this pulls it back in and said, no, 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 look at my heart. What, what, what is the justice I'm to do? What are the ways that I'm not giving God his due or I'm not giving my spouse their due or I'm not giving my children what I ought to be giving them? It, it's how is God's justice carried out in me or yeah. not? Yeah, this verse jumps at it in a sense that, you know, the the, the people thought, well, I, I, I took my calf in and it was sacrifice. I did my sacrifice. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I don't... In fact, there's a love, love the verse from Psalm 50 where God says, I want no more bull from your house. <laughs> you, you know, I love that verse. You know, he doesn't need any more sacrifices. What he wants is a changed heart. That's what's important. And he says to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And then, uh, you know, that becomes the problems of the Pharisees. That's what Jesus got down on the Pharisees about doing the same thing. You know, they were practicing their laws and their rules, and it's like, wait a second. Right. You know, he wants justice and mercy and faith. Yeah. Our Lord says in Matthew 23, you know, that's really what he wants of us. If we want to know God's will, and it's to be done in us, are we living it out in our relationships, justice? And mercy. Of course, it's that balance, justice and mercy. Okay. And Denmark, I'll take us into the Sermon on the Mount because here we have the new law that our Lord establishes. He's speaking to people who are already be Jewish believers. They're already a part of the family of God. They know all this stuff, we assume. Though their leaders, the Pharisees, are, are very hypocritical. They're putting burdens on the people they can't carry themselves. They're not being just, and they're not being merciful to the people. And so that's how the people have experienced the faith. So then our Lord 
is uh, fine-tuning it, you know, and correcting it and bringing it up to date and and summarizing it all. And, of course, in the Beatitudes, there are two Beatitudes that deal with these issues. The one is, blessed are the merciful, for they shall re- obtain mercy. And then the other one is, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's righteousness' sake, in other words, doing what's right in the eyes of God, and that word translated righteousness is often the word translated justice. Sometimes different translations have the same thing. So I love it here. The way we live out our faith is essentially telling God how we want him to treat us. And, you know, if we just do our sacrifice— we do our liturgies, we do our rituals, we do our externals, and we don't live out justice and righteousness. We've kind of told God how we want him to take care of us. Blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Um, I can't remember if I said this on the show, John Marco, whether we did beforehand, but I've often thought that for me, the difference as a father between justice and mercy is that justice is, as a father, I'm responsible for setting rules for my sons. And I've got to be careful on what I say, because if they're just, then I've got to carry them out. You know, if you do that, I'll never let you go out of your bedroom for the rest of your life. Well, that goes back to last week, the, uh, the, uh, what was it, the modesty yeah. Moderation in words. <laughs> yeah, you, your your expectations and the crime and punishment of it have to be just. But as a but if you're saying it, you, you've got to be committed to carrying it out because if you don't, then you you've conveyed uh, a lack of justice. You've conveyed you know don't worry about it. You never got to worry about this because he he's he's not going to carry it out. So there's that. But the mercy side for me comes because I also know whenever I set these rules, I'm a flawed person. Whatever I expect of my sons or whoever, I'm a flawed person. So from a human standpoint, mercy makes sense. Now from God's standpoint, he's perfect. So his mercy is a great mystery in a way, as is his humility, if you will, is a great mystery. But but mercy comes from knowing our flaws. So, blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. That that involves self-realization. Is that we want mercy because we, you know, we deserve the just uh, ramifications yeah. for what we how we've lived our lives. Right, and obviously this this. The passage from Cyprian that we're going through, uh, it, it, was, it was about, it was connected with the Our Father. And the Lord, our Lord gives us in the Our Father, that's part to be one of our daily prayers, this recognition of our sinfulness and the fact that we that others are sinful too. But the re- as long as we're clear about that sinfulness, then we pray also for mercy. We beg forgiveness, we offer forgiveness. And if we are t- if we do that, then that's what we will receive from God as well. Uh, the other text from the Beatitudes is kind of a little interesting because he's saying that if we're merciful, we will obtain mercy. Now, 
it's not about being merciful so that I'm mercy. That's kind of a, a not the best motive, but you but know that if you are merciful, the Lord will show mercy. On the other hand, if you if you reach out in justice, you're gonna get persecuted. I mean that's Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who are persecuted for justice's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. We have a culture, you can do merciful all you want, and they're going to love you. But when you take a stand for what's just, there's going to be a different response in the culture. And I, I like going back to what you said earlier, John Mark, and that is we've just got to make sure that when we take a stand for what's right, for what's just, that it's according to God's justice. Yeah. Uh, because if it's if it's if it's according to God's justice and we take a stand for it, then whatever resistance we receive is righteous in itself. Um, I forget there's a scripture you know that Paul talks about you, you know that uh, if you're persecuted for for being a thief, well that <laughs> that is exactly. Uh, uh, you know, persecution that isn't martyrdom if you're if you're killed Poetic because you justice. were. Oh, there we go. So, <laughs> anyway, so this 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 challenge to figure out this this balance of being just, while at the same time, on the other side of the coin, if you will, is this issue of mercy. John Mark, why don't you go to the next verse? The next passage we have here is from Matthew seven, twelve through fourteen. So whatever you wish that men would do to you, so do to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So again, as with all these, there's many directions we could go. What came to my mind uh, in this topic of the relationship of justice and mercy, and that what what the balance is, what the relationship is, you know, again, it strikes me as we were saying earlier that um, justice is sort of the foundation point because justice is is about truth and reality. Sin is real. I really owe God thanks and praise because he's my creator. I really owe my wife fidelity and many other things because I promised her that I would be faithful and take care of it. That's part of what marriage is. So justice is about truth. And thus it's about the truth of when, uh, when I've failed to, to, to be just or act justly. And so mercy depends in an important way on justice. You know, you can't forgive if there's not a recognition that there is something to forgive. Um, but, but we're not, but so mercy proceeds from justice, but that, that is, part of the point. I think like that, that's a lot of what we're given in the New Testament. A lot of this comes down to is that um, justice is the starting point, but then we're the, the progression, the growth in that, uh, this narrowing of the way is that, um, again, in, in the mystery of things, we're going to imitate not just God's justice, but his mercy, his love. You know, in some sense, justice is about the other as other, right? Justice is about this person is separate from me. What do I owe them? Um, love is more about identifying with the other, you know, treating this other one as myself, treating them as I'd want to be treated, identifying with their pain, identifying with, well, they've, they've fallen short, but they desire mercy. Well, I, I want to give them mercy just as I would want to have mercy. 
So there's, I almost feel like we can think, one way to think of justice and mercy is justice is the starting point, but we, especially as Christians, are called to, to build on that justice in, in an imitation of Christ all the way to mercy and love. There's this progression, but, but it depends on the floor being justice because that's about truth. And without that truth, the rest of it become, kind of becomes meaningless. Yeah, kind of like we talked about earlier that you, you really can't understand, appreciate mercy unless you first understand that which is just. Um, if you go out into our culture and you got people that don't understand what's right or wrong right. and you decide not to be just with them, you show them mercy, well, they don't appreciate it because yeah. they didn't know that what they were doing was wrong. So you've got a huge problem with formation of conscience, and maybe that's one of the biggest problems in our world today is this: how has conscience has been formed? Do they know what's right or wrong? I think of that Isaiah passage where it says, when it looks at the future, and it says a, a time will come when people call what's right wrong and wrong right. Well, right. when that happens, it's because people don't know anymore. Yeah. The, the, it's, it becomes really confuse, confusing. And so the issue yeah. of justice or even mercy becomes foggy. Yeah. Uh, Maybe let's just go with the last first, John Mark, and, and because yeah. of time. Um, sure. Because certainly the verse about you know, remember the sheep and the goats is a good example of doing what's right and just and showing mercy to those. But let's go to James 2, <clears throat> where it says the justice, for, excuse me, for justice is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Yet mercy triumphs over judgment. What does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith but has not works? Can his faith save him? <coughs> Excuse me. So there's that, that, that call for the just judge to always be, um, have that flavor of mercy in the way we carry out a just response to the people in our life. And as Cyprian's basically saying, our actions and deeds with one another need to show this balance. Yeah. Yeah. The, the truth of justice, you know, we don't explain away sin. We don't, if someone, if someone injures us or we injure them, we don't say, oh, it's fine. It's not, not a big deal. No, if something's happened, if, if, if I've sinned, I go to confession, I go to Lord and I say, Lord, I did this thing. It was bad. But then we, we ask for mercy. And, and again, those two, they have to stay interconnected there because we are called, we're commanded by our Lord to grow in mercy and love. But that mercy and love depends for its, for its sense, for its coherence, for its substance on, on the reality of things. Um, so we, again, yeah, it says, you know, so mercy triumphs over judgment. Does that mean we get rid of justice? No, it means that, 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 that injustice, we, um, that sets the course. And then we grow in imitation of this full, the charity, the theological charity that uh, God wants to give and grow in us. Yeah, our, our different characters as individual people uh, may make us prone to being more judgmental, be more merciful. And I think in the case of that last thing, that especially if we're prone to say, excuse me, this is what's right and wrong, and we tend to be more judge, justice-oriented, 
what I think James is saying is that when we take that step of mercy, we open up a new aspect of our character to be Christ-like. Because maybe then not only do we appreciate the mercy he's shown us, when we show mercy to someone, when what they did to me was wrong, I got a right to... We show mercy, and it helps us appreciate the mercy we've received that we did not deserve. Lord help Amen. us. John Mark, I feel like we did nothing but scratch the surface on this wonderful <laughs> topic. Yeah, deep, shallow in Scripture. Scratching the surface <laughs> of Scripture. Dipping our toes in Scripture. <laughs> but thanks, John Mark. It, it's always a pleasure to, to join you, my son, uh, in Likewise. Scripture study. And uh, thank all of you for joining us on this program. We look forward to being with you again next week as we walk one more step on these topics that Cyprian has put before us. God bless you. See you next week. Deep in Scripture is a production of the Coming Home Network International. To hear more episodes, view our full archive of written and video conversion stories, participate in our online community forum, and more, visit chnetwork.org. You're also invited to explore free membership in the Coming Home Network and receive support on your own Catholic journey. Again, visit chnetwork.org for more information.